welcome to this podcast from Christchurch Blackpool. For more information, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk. Hello. Um, so good to be here. I am absolutely buzzing because I've not been to a face-to-face church service yet, um, even when we could do them before. So I went to a Lancaster prayer meeting, which was really good. Um, but yeah, just a real privilege to be here with you all. Um, I have met everyone here before, I think, but if not, I'm Miriam. Um, I used to come to this church and moved to Lancaster in April this year. Um, recently got married to Nathan, who's at the front. Um, and yeah, it's just really good to be back and to be with you all, um, to be able to share this time with you. Really good. Um, so we're, I'm carrying on with your Christmas series, which is called Broken Christmas. Um, And I suppose the idea of that theme is to look at the fact that the Christmas story is kind of presented as a bit of a Disney-fied thing that actually the people in those stories weren't necessarily real people who had real difficulties in their lives. But actually that's not the reality of the Christmas story. They were real people learning to trust God and knowing that he has a plan for them, which is the same for us. Um, So I think there's something really that God wants to speak to us about this morning in these verses from uh, Luke chapter 2. Um, So, so far you've looked at the first week, which was about Mary's cry for, I can't do this, when she was told that she was going to give birth to the Son of God. Um, And then the second week where you looked at her need for kindness um, from her cousin Elizabeth, um, which she received from her. Um, So I'm just going to read the verses that we're going to focus on this week, which is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. I'm reading from the ESV version of the Bible. So it says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in the manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. So I'm just going to pray before we start. Father God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you're with us, um, and you've already spoken to us through our time of worship this morning. I just pray that you would open our hearts to what you want to say to us this morning. Um, I thank you that you you sensitively speak to us and just put things on our hearts and our minds that that changes our lives. Um, So I pray that you would do that this morning. Thank you, God. Amen. So this story is very well known. We have maybe acted it out since we were younger in the nativity. We've read it so many times. And I just want to start by looking at some context to these verses, um, maybe some stuff that we've not all been aware of before. Um, So Mary and Joseph are travelling to Bethlehem for the census. So this was like a kind of review that was done every 14 years, um, and that was in order to register people for taxation purposes. And this meant everyone had to travel from wherever they were living back to where they were from originally in order to register themselves. And Mary and Joseph had to make this really long journey from where they were living, which was Nazareth, to Bethlehem, which would have been around 80 miles, um, which is quite hard work. So I was looking at kind of what's 80 miles from Blackpool. Um, and funnily enough, about 80 miles from here is, is Bradford, which is where I'm from originally. So imagine walking from here all the way over to West Yorkshire, 80 miles. Um, it would have been a pretty long trek for Mary and Joseph. 
And they're also doing this, not only just in their normal bodies, but actually Mary's pregnant. She's very heavily pregnant. So they would probably have to walk quite a lot slower than usual. And Mary would have probably been in quite a lot of pain on this journey. And if we could hear Mary's thoughts when she was walking this journey, it would probably be something like this. Joseph, what are we doing? How the heck did we get in this place? Why can't, when can we go home? Why, what are we doing walking this mad journey? Um, and they were also passing through on this journey um, an area where there were Samaritans living in a Samaritan area. And as we know, the Jews and the Samaritans didn't really have the best relationship in terms of people groups. Um, so it, it might it might have been, and this is not kind of something that it says in the Bible, but it might have been that they extended their journey even more by avoiding the Samaritan areas in order to not have animosity between um, between the Samaritan people because they were Jews. So historians are not really sure how long this journey took, but it's likely to have been over a week, which is a long and very tiring journey. They'd have probably stopped off overnight at places, but probably would have been pretty shattered by the time they got to Bethlehem. And Luke describes this journey in quite a matter-of-fact way, um, but we can probably assume that Mary and Joseph were not in the best of places emotionally prior to the start of this journey. As we've already heard in previous weeks, Mary's recently found out that she's pregnant. An angel appeared to her and told her this. Um, and her and Joseph weren't married at this point. And it's likely that their community had a lot to say about this. Culturally, this would have not been in a good position um, for them as a couple. They were engaged to be married, but they weren't yet married. Um, and it's likely that some of their family members didn't believe them when they came to them and said, oh, an angel appeared and told me that I'm going to have a baby and it's going to be the son of God. And there probably would have been quite a few sniggers and chuckles about that. And so travelling to Bethlehem from Nazareth was probably actually a welcome break for them as a couple. Uh, they would have been around some new faces and not, not around their family who were kind of looking at them, um, sniggering at them for what was happening to them. But the physical energy that it would have took them to, to do that journey would have been a lot. And if we think about it, they were actually about to start the most life-changing experience that they've prob they'd probably ever had. They were about to have a baby and not just any baby, this was the saviour of the world. So Luke chapter 1 verse 31 tells us of how Mary found out that she was pregnant and going to give birth to God's son. So this is Gabriel, an angel of God, talking to Mary. And he says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. So this was a pretty big deal that they'd been told was going to happen to them. And they were on their own at this point. They weren't with any of their family members. They were traveling to Bethlehem where they probably didn't have any connections with many people anymore. Um, they just left all their family and friends. And when we look at the reality of these circumstances for Mary and Joseph, it's pretty heartbreaking. They're, I suppose if we look at kind of how COVID-19 has affected people who are having babies, um, they a lot of women will have had to have appointments where they've not had their family around them, um, not able to see their their family and friends when they've just had a child and brought a child into the world, and that's it's really isolating for families. And Mary and Joseph were in a similar position in that they were very alone at this point, without any support. And it's likely that they were probably quite overwhelmed about the situation, about what was going to come next for them in their lives. They were about to have parenting responsibility for the Son of God. Like, where do we think their minds were at, at this point? How how would this even look? How would how would the child be born? What would they already know? Would they have special powers and abilities? They had no idea about what was going to come next in their lives. 
But a thread through this whole passage is that Mary and Joseph trusted God and they were obedient and they knew that he had a plan for them. And even though this would have been such a difficult, emotional and physically difficult time for them, they knew that greater things were to come. So firstly, I just want to look at my my first point, which is that this was not Mary and Joseph's plan, but this was God's plan. So verse 4 in Luke 2 says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So they were on their way to Bethlehem for what seemed like political reasons, really. They were going um, to take part in the census to give their details so that they were to pay tax to Caesar. And this is not likely to be how Mary and Joseph visualised having their first child together. They were unmarried, they were travelling hundreds of miles, Mary's about to pop, they were alone, they had no family and friends with them. And to top it all off, there was no room in any any inn for them to, to settle down. This was not their plan, but it was God's plan. So in the Old Testament, in Micah 5 verse 2, it says, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel. So this is a prophecy from the Old Testament, um, and this is prophesying about the, the birth of Jesus, but not just that Jesus would be born, but exactly where Jesus was to be born. And it was written years before um, before these verses that we're looking at now, and it shows that Jesus being born in Bethlehem was really significant. And that's pretty pretty amazing, I thought. And maybe we're wondering why Bethlehem? Why that place out of everywhere in the country? Why Bethlehem? Well, King David was born in Bethlehem. And so it was obviously a a very suitable place for another king to be born, King Jesus. And Jesus was in the line of David. David was his ancestor. So if you look at the beginning of Matthew, it shows a genealogy of exactly who came before Jesus and who was in his family line. Um, And in 2 Samuel 7 verse 12, God talks to David and tells him that his um, son will come in David's line. God's son will come in David's line. And it says, I will rise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So although King David was born there in Bethlehem, Bethlehem was actually seen as a a bit of a, a little place with not much about it. It's not anything like Jerusalem, which was six miles up the road, pretty big population, um, had a bit of glory about it, I suppose. Um, So actually being born in Bethlehem was not much to boast about, really. Um, But it was a real foretelling of the king that Jesus came to be. He was a king who came to serve others, not to be saved and to be humble and not to rise himself up. So the fact that he was born in little old Bethlehem um, was very significant. And something else that's significant about Bethlehem as a place is is what the name means. So Bethlehem means house of bread and Ephrathah means fruitfulness. And Jesus later on um, in his ministry described himself as a bread of life in John 6 verse 35. And that only him can produce fruit in our lives for his glory. So in John 15 verse 5 it says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So when we look at this story, every part of it has significance. Every part of it was planned. 
And it might not have felt like it at the time for Mary and Joseph, but it was God's plan all along for it to happen this way, for them to be travelling to Bethlehem at this exact moment, for the prophecies about Jesus to be fulfilled. And it was God's exact plan for Jesus to be born in this way as well, and to foretell of the type of king that Jesus would be. Mary's first child plans were probably out the window. Maybe she, I mean, I'm not sure if they did birth plans back then, but I don't think this would have been how she imagined it. Um, and she was likely thinking, God, what are you doing? This is not what I had planned. I had some, some aspirations, some stuff that I wanted to happen. I wanted my family around me when my first child was being born. This is not how I saw my life going. So what about us? What about you? When you look at your life, is it what you expected? Are you, like Mary, thinking, this is not how I planned things to go? This story and so many others in the Bible show us that God uses our lives for his glory, and it's not always in the way that we expect. And there was a time in my life where um, I was looking for a new job, so I was in Blackpool but travelling to Lancaster for work every day, which was getting a bit much. So I applied for a job in Blackpool to work in the mental health team. Um, and when I was telling people that I was starting a job as a social worker in the mental health service in Blackpool, most people paused a little bit. Most people kind of said, oh, good luck. Well, that's going to be interesting for you. Um, and I was excited about it. I thought this is going to be a really good opportunity. Um, and I worked there for a year and a half, and it was probably, I would say, definitely the hardest job I've ever done. Um, I would come home from work and just have had so many tough conversations that day where people were just, yeah, just really struggling um, and, and kind of expressing their inner thoughts to me. And that was my job uh, to talk through that stuff with people, but it was really hard and it did really affect me. Um, and I would come home and kind of go for a run and try and run it off and, and feel better about it. And also question like, was this actually the plan for me, God? Was it the plan? Should I have left my old team? Um, and looking back, God had planned this, and it's so obvious that he had. It helped me in two ways. So it helped me to give my burdens to him. So um, before that, I would kind of um, feel just really lost about what to do to help people. And actually, God loves everybody and being able to pray for people. And he knows every individual that we come across. Being able to give my burdens to him was something that I learned through that job. And also in terms of experience, so uh, now um, kind of got a bit more understanding of how mental health services work in Blackpool, and um, so I can help my current team in terms of supporting other colleagues with difficulties around around that linking into those teams. So it was God's plan for me to work in that job, but I just didn't realise it at the time. So do things not look the way that you'd hoped in your life? Be encouraged because God has a plan. Your life has happened in this way because God has carefully planned it for your good and for his glory. Have you ever reflected on times where you've um, stuff's been really hard and you can see how God has used uh, those moments for his glory in your life? That's really cool, isn't it, when we can look back and see what God's done. But there's also times where we look back and think, actually, I'm not really sure what God's plan was in that. I'm, I, don't, I don't really understand what, what he was doing at that time and I, I still felt like that was really hard for me. Actually, that's okay as well, because God is God, and we can and shouldn't attempt to understand what he's doing in our lives, but we know that we can trust him, because he's good, and his intentions are good for us. So just picture the scene. Mary is in a cow shed. There was possibly animals around. It probably didn't smell great. No one was around to help other than Joseph. 
they had nothing to clothe Jesus with apart from some strips of cloth. Does this look like it was planned to you? It doesn't to me. But we know from the rest of the Bible story that this was central to God's plan to save us and to save the world. So secondly, I just want to say something that might come as a surprise to you. So bad things do happen even when we do the right thing. Just because we are obedient to God, it doesn't mean that things will go plain sailing in our lives all the time. And this was also something that Mary and Joseph were dealing with. If we go back to Luke chapter 1 verse 28, Gabriel says to Mary, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. Now, if I was Mary, I probably wouldn't be thinking I was a favoured one right now when I'd just been told this, and certainly not when I was in labour in a cow shed, feeling isolated and on my own about what was going to happen next in my life. Now, we don't really know how Mary saw herself, but we can kind of surmise or assume that she probably was someone who loved God and served him in the way that she lived her life. And she and Joseph could have ignored the census request. They could have just stayed in Nazareth with their family and friends, um, and had people around them when this big thing of having a child, the son of God, was happening to them. It actually made things harder for them to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem to do that journey, but they were being obedient to God in that decision. And they continued to trust God and held on to what Gabriel had said to them, which was, the Lord is with you. Now, we live in a fallen world with sin and suffering and difficult life stuff that we have to deal with, but we are not alone in this. God is with us. And he has given us his spirit who will guide us and help us in our lives. And that's amazing, isn't it? And maybe you feel like things should have been simpler for you in your life. Maybe you're suffering and going through some really hard stuff right now. Know that God is with you, that he knows your suffering. He knows loneliness and he wants to comfort and show you how much he loves you. Um, so most of you probably know that me and Nathan got married about six weeks ago. Um, probably the most stressful thing I've ever done. Um, and obviously planning a wedding generally is quite stressful. <laughs> but planning a wedding in a pandemic is uh, possibly even more stressful. And um, we, we'd obviously had numerous chats about getting married and we felt it was the right thing to do. We felt we were being obedient to God in stepping out. But it was really hard, like planning it. We, we would make one decision and then a week later the government would change the guidance and we'd have to change the numbers of people that were coming to the wedding or um, kind of, well, have, not have a reception. Um, and just all these curveballs were hitting us out of nowhere and it was just really, really difficult and really draining. We were doing the right thing, but it was still hard. Um, and don't get me wrong, it was an amazing day. It was so good. Um, but... Things were not plain sailing for us in that process. And Mary and Joseph had been obedient to God. They were doing the, the right thing of what God had asked them to do. And they'd followed that through what Gabriel had asked them. But it was really hard work for them. They were alone. They were overwhelmed about what was about to happen in their lives. But they knew that this was part of a bigger picture. It was part of God's saving plan for the world. And we can know that in our suffering and our difficulties... That is all part of a wider picture. They are part of something that God is doing us to make us more like him and to show the world who he is. So it says in James chapter 1 verse 2, 
Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Life is really hard, and it's particularly hard right now where we can't be around loved ones, we can't spend time with people that we want to spend time with, we have to put our boots on and our coats on and spend time with people outside on walks, which is, which is all right, but it'd be better to be inside in the warm. Um, and maybe maybe you're feeling overwhelmed right now, or maybe you're feeling, is this, God, is this what you planned for my life or for the world right now? Well, what we can do is trust the plan that God has. Know that we will never see the full picture. We're, never, we're not meant to see the whole picture. We're not meant to understand it. That's for God to understand. He's so far above us and his thoughts are so far above us. Mary and Joseph didn't know the whole thing, but they were trusting God at each step and being obedient to him at each each moment. They had no idea what was coming, but they chose to trust God at each point. So I just I pray that we would trust God in all that we have, in the suffering, when we don't know the plan, when things don't happen as we hoped, and it really hurts. But we know that we have a saviour, Jesus, who is always with us, who knows suffering and loneliness, and he loves us so deeply that he died for us. So I'm just going to pray. God, I thank you that you are over all things. I thank you that you're in control. And I thank you that you have a plan for each of us individually. Um, and it's not always what you what we thought, but actually we know that you are above everything and you can see the bigger picture and this is why our lives are as they are now and god i pray that we would trust you um trust you for those those things that are happening in our lives that are difficult and i pray that we would just know you as our strength when we're lonely when we feel alone when we are struggling when things are really difficult for us i pray that we would hold on to you because you're our rock god i thank you that you're good and you're always with us amen Thank you for listening. For more information, downloads and podcasts, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk.